0: A weekend with Jason Dacey replay from Money FM 89.3.
1: The first 2020 presidential debates will be divided into two nights as the Democrats try and get things going ahead of the 2020 presidential election. It will be on Wednesday, the 26th of June in Miami. It will start. And to talk about that and other issues around uh, Donald Trump's presidency, we have Steve Oaken, former Clinton administration official. And also Glenn Van Zeffen, who owns the Van Media Group here in Singapore, of course, works at Money FM and is going to give us some perspective uh, on the way that the presentation of each candidate should go down to give them the best chances of you know maybe getting that nomination. But, uh, Steve, first, set the stage. It's a long way out from the 2020 election, but we have... 20 of the 23 possible Democratic nominees going head to head.
0: Well, and the Democrats are kind of splitting up into two lanes, basically. On on the one side, you have the more progressive, more liberal wing of the Mm. party personified in, in Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And then the other side, you have those who say, we can beat Trump because we're more moderate. We can attract blue collar. We can attract those voters who voted for Obama, but then went for Trump. We can bring them back. And that's kind of Joe Biden, of course, is at the top of that list. So I would see at this stage how do you get to the top of your lane? So you want to see, is it going to be Bernie Sanders or, or Elizabeth Warren who's going to come on top? On the other side, is it going to be Biden or is it going to be Harris or is it going to be Judge or or someone else from you know the, the senators, Klobuchar and, and Gillibrand? That's how it's going to shape up right now. So if I'm advising the candidate, I'm saying, don't worry about if I'm Elizabeth Warren, I'm not going to attack Biden. I want to get in front of Sanders. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in Harris, I'm not going to worry about the left. I'm going to worry about how do I pitch myself as being the top of the wing that has the best chance of beating Trump in 2020.
1: Well, Glenn, you Mm. work with, uh, you know, high level media executives and businessmen here, you know, and businesswomen too, here in Southeast Asia. So, as far as you're concerned, who's standing out at the moment and what kind of persona do they need to really get that nominee and and, the, and do well in these debates?
2: Joe Biden obviously has been standing out quite a lot, but in in large part for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know, he's, he's had a couple of own goals, uh, mm. let's put it that way, in terms of what he has been talking about this past week and some of the messages he's tried to send out, which have been good messages about working across the aisle, but using very bad examples uh, that everyone left and right has jumped on mm. uh, on him. We've also seen many of the candidates now starting to focus, to Steve's point, more on Biden to try to chip him down because he's been very successful in raising money. Mm. And of course, we know that's a big part, uh, in my opinion, sadly, of the American political process. On the other side, I would say Mayor Pete Buttigieg has been very effective in getting his message out. I would say he and Kamala from uh, California, Kamala Harris, have sort of generated the most buzz, I think, from Mm. the younger Mm. group of people, Mm. just from my perception of it. Interestingly, this past week, he had to fly home to South Bend. There was a, a fatal shooting by a policeman of an African American, which inflamed those racial tensions in his town. He went straight in; he w- literally straight into the fire, went straight to the crowds. They, you know, they were yelling at him; they were, you know, swearing and everything else. But he took it. He even marched with them to the police headquarters, led the march for justice and for all of this. He's said that he would uh, appoint have a, a federal panel yes, appointed yes, to yeah. to look at this case. So he is tapping into. Something that is very important to a group of voters that will be very important to him, which is African-American and minorities. And he's taking that head on. That is a very interesting Mm. position for a presidential candidate. And I think that will serve him well. Yeah, Mayor Pete, they
1: call him. He's openly gay. He's in his 30s. And also he's a a veteran of war. So very uh, interesting candidate and very different. But each of the Democrats vying for the right to challenge Republican President Donald Trump in November 2020 is likely to get roughly six to eight minutes, Steve, to speak on the crowded stage in these debates and that'll be really putting a premium on them to really deliver their message in style and of course you're a, you're a former friend and and you worked with the Bill Clinton in the 1990s and it, that was what he could do he could really get his message out there in a very effective way
0: well it was very different world back then there's you know no social media I mean if you had raised the money you could get on television you could draw the crowds and then continue to get more money to continue to get on television I mean that was your your strategy and how to do that it's it's totally different today so these debates in some ways are very important and in, in other ways are meaningless because mm. what's really going to matter is is when we get to november december january and people actually start voting i mean so the people who are paying attention now are you know people like us who, who love, who politics li- who love and it
1: not, not talking about it
0: and it's the the what you call the twitter democrats mm. and now the twitter democrats are much more liberal much more active than than the rest of the democrats and so until the rest of the democrats start paying attention right and that's going to be when people actually have to start caucusing and voting is when it's going to matter. So you, what you want to do is just you want to survive for another six or seven months and then get those moments where you can try and break out, be it in Iowa, or New Hampshire or, mm. or, or South Carolina,
2: one of those early voting states. This is going to be like a game show, Jason. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Two days of debates, five moderators, 20 contestants. Let's put it that <laughs> way. And the, it's an NBC, of course, national uh, broadcast in the U.S. The, the former CBS news president had a great quote. Uh, his name is Andrew Hayward famous in news circles in the US and he said if you do the math and multiply the potential topics by the number of candidates you have a two week long television program <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that, that really sums it up i mean how mm. are we really going to get any substance
1: how do you stand out all? though that's all, that's well, what and that's the key yeah. that's and what you
0: key. what you're going to want is you want a youtube moment right, mm, right. you want mm. something where you could get a 30 second or a 60 second soundbite yep. and that gets goes viral mm. and and who can come up with that killer soundbite mm. that we're going to remember out of all of this, you know, hours and hours of television? Yeah. We'll see if somebody can pull that off. But that's – you know they're working on those sound bites who,
1: who came out with uh, – I worked with John Kennedy and you're not – you all know John Kennedy? Yeah, Lloyd Benson. Sorry,
0: Lloyd Benson. Lloyd Benson in, in the vice presidential yep. debate against Dan Quayle yeah, in, in that and that was ADA.
1: That was awesome. That's a great, uh, that great a one. right
0: was great one. Yeah. yeah. And those, so that's, you know, are, you, are we going to get somebody who can come out with, you know, to capture the, the angst of the mm. party? You know, the I'm as mad as heck and I'm not going to take <laughs> it anymore kind of thing. And let's
1: see if somebody shouts. <laughs> it's possible. A, that was from a film,
0: right? That was from mm. network. And yeah. so it, if we can get something, if somebody can pull that off, even if they're kind of an unknown now, like, a mm. you know, a Senator back from Colorado may try and do something like that. Then you can see somebody maybe getting a little bit
2: more. You know, buzzed. we saw this in the last campaign with now President Trump, right? He came up with the most outrageous statements. And what did the media follow? him and these statements because everyone was waiting to see what the next outrageous statement would be in the next press conference or the next campaign appearance. And that, you know, many political analysts say now gave him the oxygen that he needed to, you know, to get those extra votes and to become president. Is there a Democrat that can do that in this primary season to become the front runner or the clear leader?
1: We're talking U.S. politics, including the upcoming Democratic debates with Glenn Van Zeffen and Steve Oaken here on Money FM. Now, looking back to last week, we saw a very impressive um, launching of the 2020 campaign for Donald Trump in Orlando, Florida, and he's still talking about Hillary Clinton and the emails and there's lock, it up, lock her up <laughs> was still going on. Look back on and assess what he did in, on that stage uh, in Orlando, Steve.
0: It's hard to believe, but four years ago, he rode down that golden escalator at Trump Tower <laughs> to announce your presidency. He has not changed since then. Everything has been exactly the same for the four years now. It's the airing of the grievances, right? It's it's going – it's attacking the enemies. It's you know saying the outrageous things. And so everything he's done for the last four years, no different than what he did in Orlando. His base loves it. His approval rating amongst GOP voters is somewhere between the mid-80s and 90 percent. And it basically hasn't wavered since the day he was inaugurated. And so he continues to play to his base. Shockingly, you know, to some of us who are watching the last presidential campaign, normally you run to the right in the primary if you're a Republican or to the left in the Democrat. You tack to the center and you govern in the middle. Donald Trump started on the right, stayed on the right, and has governed on the right. And he's running for re-election on the right. I didn't think it was going to work in 2016. It did. I think he's going to have a tougher time doing that in 2020.
1: Yeah, we're looking at the poll numbers and he's behind every leading Democrat. In fact, every Democrat pretty much he's behind. Um, but Glenn, getting back to the Democratic contenders and the mm. likes of Elizabeth Warren, who's taken a pounding from Trump over the you know Native American background and the Pocahontas mm. and all mm. that. You know Bernie Sanders, who's seen as so liberal and, and so left wing and you know couldn't beat Hillary back in in 2016. As a media expert as you are, how do these people position themselves to try and make the
2: biggest impact? Well, interestingly, I think they're doing what they've been doing for four years, which is a very left, progressive agenda. You know, some people would say socialist agenda. And that has worked for a very, very solid a group of people, of voters, right? But it's not a big group of voters. So I think very soon Bernie and Elizabeth, I talk as if we're old friends, which we're not.
0: <laughs> uh, they
2: don't know I'm alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, very soon they're going to have to make a decision. Okay, are they in this for them? Because they cannot win the election. It is not possible, I don't believe, in any scenario. world scenario, yeah, no scenario yeah. for Bernie to actually win the general election, especially if he's up against Trump.
1: Even though he's ahead in the polls, we wouldn't think that he could do it,
2: right? I, I just don't don't think at the end of the day, you know, some of his positions are so far left that even someone who's liberal Mm. says, wait a minute. You know, first of all, how are we going to pay for that? How are we going to do this? So uh, Steve may disagree with me, but I just don't think he or Elizabeth have a chance. Plus, to a certain extent, they're just tainted enough from the last cycle that Trump is going to have so much ammunition against them in any debate or any tweets that he would send out that I don't think that they have a real chance. So my opinion is it's their... Chance. It's their opportunity to become an elder statesperson, to get onto the bandwagon with somebody newer, younger, fresher, but also to play part in that agenda going forward, but just not as the candidate and and get their base to shift over to somebody who actually has a chance.
0: And what Democratic strategists are thinking now is you look at what happened in 2016. Trump got 46% of the vote. Clinton got about 48% of the vote. Trump lost the general election by 3 million votes. The popular vote by 3 million. If you change less than 80,000 votes in three states, then we're talking about President Clinton and not President Trump. So the Democrats who want to win are saying, who can we get who can just get those 80,000 votes to switch? Those 80,000 votes switch, we win. Most Democrats don't think, as Glenn said— that Bernie or, or Elizabeth Warren are going to be able to do that. And that's why they're looking for that Biden, Harris, judge part of the debates. Now, if it turns out that somebody from the left wing wins the Democratic primary, Trump is going to have an easier time holding on to those original voters. And that's why the real debate that's happening in the Democratic Party is, do we go for whoever can win or do we go for who we agree with more? Hopefully... I think it's going to be that choice of let's nominate who we think is going to win maybe Biden but maybe somebody else
1: you know AOC is a, a mm. young rookie uh, lawmaker you know mm. she's very much on the left yeah so anyway she's a young hispanic um, from, you new, know, york. Yeah, from new york from new york from new york and yeah. she says that the only way they're going to beat Trump Glenn is to have a the fresh approach and then and she's sort of hinting liberal approach left wing approach rather than the real kind of centrist of a Joe Biden or a Kamala Harris. Uh, What's your view on that?
2: Elections are always won in a very narrow margin to the left or to the right, right? The the basic conservative base is the base. The basic liberal base is the base. It's that fine margin that's right between Mm. the left of center or the right of center. If they show up and vote, that's who wins, right? Now, okay. this last election was a little bit, maybe not exactly that. But I think to go too far left is a mistake because first it gives Trump so much ammunition uh, you know, oh, we don't need a socialist government and all mm-hmm. that. And, and you know, could he chip away and get more voters, you know, his, his way if somebody goes too far left? Now, uh, I think it was last uh, – it was the Panera Moms. The Panera Moms, Stephen, and right. you can talk more eloquently about this than I, who really were like – different. Panera dis- Bread, right? Yeah, Panera yeah. Bread, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. it w- used to be the Soccer Moms yes, a couple yeah, of yeah, elections yeah. ago, and that was the Panera Bread mm-hmm. Moms. Uh, basically suburban, educated yes. housewives or professional women yeah. that really can make that difference. This time around, Steve uh, – Steve, we're still looking at them. We, obviously, we're looking at minority votes as well. So, the question for the AOCs of
0: the world mm. is would we rather be right or would we rather win? Right and and their view is we need to have you know medicaid for all we want to mm. have college for all we want to have a universal income we want to have a green new deal and if the country is not there no. but if they say we have got to rather be right than win and we democrats nominate somebody from th- that wing of the party there's a much greater chance of losing mm. and what you need to do to win is to nominate someone who can win those panera moms and so mm. the panera moms right or the soccer moms mm. these are you know suburban women who tend to be a little bit more conservative. So they're a little bit more to the moderate Republican side. They're college educated. They want to send their kids to school, but they want their kids to be safe. So they're probably more pro-gun control than, than other Republicans. And so who is that you know soccer mom? Who is mm. that Panera mom going to vote for? Is she going to vote for and, – and this is where 2020, it's a choice – 2018, the midterm election was a referendum. Donald Trump lost that referendum because the Democrats picked up 40 seats in the House. 2020 is a choice, so it's Donald Trump versus who. Mm. And you want that who, if you're a Democrat, to be somebody who can get those soccer moms, Panera moms, to shift over from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party so you win those suburban Republican districts and suburbs Mm. outside of Philadelphia,
2: right, in Washington, D.C., and Denver and the like. Uh, One of those other topics I think that will be interesting to see how the Democrats bring this up is Trump's Checkered past with women, right? Because the Panera moms, the soccer moms, value people that respect women. Of course, we're in the Me Too, mm. you know, kind of era in the last mm. couple of years, which you know, rightly so, is something that people are thinking about. So, will the Democrats bring up his past? Will there be more news stories that come up? Well, one just about came Trump's, out the last few days. Just right? came up in we're the last in few department days.
1: Department store in the uh, the U.S. in New York uh, from 20 years ago, yeah, which he denied.
2: So, you know, will will that also play a role in getting Panera moms and others mm. who are? against that kind of behavior and activity, will that energize them as well? but it's going to have to be the right Democrat. You
0: know, in Asia, when I'm talking politics, they say, well, you know, where does the U.S.-China trade war fit um, in how people are going to vote? I'm like, it doesn't fit anywhere close to what Glenn just talked about. And it's women's right. It's diversity and inclusion. It's Me Too. And if you can get those votes, right, those votes, that is much more important than having somebody agree with you on whether there should be tariffs on China or not. You know, and that's going to be, it can be something the Democrats
1: take advantage of, or it's something that's going to be a wash depending on who mm-hmm. they nominate. A final word for you, Steve. You've been a member of the uh, Democrat Party for a long time. Uh, let's say Joe Biden he's a front-runner now. Let's say he's not the nominee, and it increasingly looks like that he won't uh, go the distance because of some stuff that's come up. Who would you like uh, to be the nominee who had the best chance to beat uh, Donald Trump?
0: Well, I man, that's what the whole primary season's about, right? Who is it that can can attract, you know, the voters, not just the Democratic voters, and energize the Democratic base? Because Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren can do that. But who can also get those moderates to come across, those, those Obama voters who voted for Trump to come back to Obama? We're going to see how plays out maybe it's mayor pete maybe it's senator harris maybe it's somebody like senator bennett maybe it's the montana governor i mean there's there's a lot of people out there vying for that slot and that's why while this debate doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things we're going to look back in november and in december uh, of this year and say look at what happened in june but it's going to start to give us a little bit of hint and then you'll see where the democratic operatives start to to go
1: all right. It all starts on Wednesday mm. in Miami. I'd like to thank uh, Glenn Van Zeeffen and Steve Oaken for their take on U.S. politics.